And a massive warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Ebor Weekend Preview Podcast. And with me this evening is no special guest. We've got no special guest for you. He's horizontal somewhere in York. Um, it's, it's a disappointment. We've done our very best, but it, you know the, the the proceedings this week have, have got the better of him, and unfortunately, he can't make the show. But I'm sure we'll get him on soon. I'm pretty sure about that at some point. So with me tonight. Uh, ample ample replacement though uh, did the preview show earlier this week and uh, very much a bar steward is Andy Richmond uh, Bickley14 on Twitter and as always my partner in crime John Ling of John Joe's Blogspot gents how are we after our fantastic day in York yesterday all good today it was a a good day thank you it was a a really good day from the meat infused day towards the end (laughs) Excellent, copious amounts of, uh, of meat in the Brazilian restaurant, which um, I think we can give a thorough, thorough recommendation to. Absolutely, John. The minted lamb was a nap, was it not? If uh, if I can remember the name of the place, I'd give it a big shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Estabula. Estabula, yeah. Yeah. Good job. That's at the Vanguard in York. So, so if anyone's in York and, and, and at the board tomorrow and you're thinking you want a big feast before you go, I'm away from the crowds because it's not in the centre of York. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very accessible still by taxi back to the station. If you want a big meat feast, Estabula is the place to end up. You, <laughs> you will be disappointed. And the minted lamb is definitely the dot on the card. I mean, I mean, I, I was so impressed. I mean, I've done these before. The, the, I've done one in. I think I've done one in Cardiff. I've done one in the borough, mm. and and this one, this one stood out for me because I think the the range of meats, not just the quality of them, but the range of them, uh, the pork belly, the, the 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 minted lamb, the rump, the fillet, the sirloin. Oh. Uh, you know, the, the, the I think was, was there was there a spice ribeye or something or yeah yeah so something like oh, that. Absolutely spot on. Um, we got meat, sweats, everything, um, <laughs> and it was it was it ended a fantastic day. Except, I mean, you're uh, tremendous. Enjoyed the day and atmosphere and some 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 great chat. But but I mean that 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 woman, that woman that stole your your drink, Andy. Despicable! Don't get me started on that little bitch. <laughs> Paul, Dan- Paul Daniel's sleight of hand, wouldn't it? I mean, I mean, to describe to our listeners here that this was in- this was incredible, really. I- Andy had gone to see some some former colleagues and friends, and he he got he toddled off downstairs, and like you do, and we with that time of day when everyone's getting a bit raucous, and you know chairs chairs are getting stolen and and nicked, and you know because obviously women get tired at that point of the day, the high heels hurt at that point of the day, so naturally we let a few women sit down when someone, but this this one particular lady, she she sat down in Andy's chair, never bothered to move his his stuff either, um, and. And obviously, Andy's champagne sat there on the table, you know, full, full, full as well. And she put her handbag strategically in front of the champagne. 
I watched that bit, and then I, and then my attention had gone. I think I'd looked at my phone on Betfair or something. And literally, I'd say about 10 seconds later, she got up, walked off, sat in another chair, Andy's glass isn't there. She just literally walked off with Andy's drink, supping Andy's drink. I mean, whoever owns that woman, divorce. <laughs> Divorce immediately. That that's it. If that if that was that, you know, I, I can't have that. That was just disgraceful behaviour. John was disgusted. I even turned to John in disbelief. I said, "Did you just? Did she just take that drink?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> it was an incredible. The handbag was covering covering the the swift getaway. You know, <laughs> I'm guessing that's not the first time she's done that either. No, nah, no, nah, it's an old trick that you know, wily old fox she was. Yeah. I mean, you know, but but I'd I'd say, I'd say sort of my age, sort of mid to late forties. You know, probably been to about about fifty of these, uh, and definitely thought, well, instead of paying the the, the price of a well, you don't you get glasses of champagne. You had to buy, buy the bottle. Um, she, she thought, yeah, she was in and saw the opportunity and had 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 the bar stewards over. That's the thing. <laughs> the, bar, the bar stewards have been had. Um, yeah, so so we, we did have a fantastic day. Um, and a, a connection to that is a, que- a question from Andrew Woodman, Councillor Woodman, I should repeat. Uh, and he says... Opinion, chaps, on the music played for the winning horses at York this week. And if you were an owner, what song would you would you choose? Andy, I'll come to you first. <laughs> I've I've got a couple of corkers. It uh, might upset a few people. I think I think I'd probably try and put the Sex Pistols on uh, and play Anarchy at the BHA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and if either of the Escobars win tomorrow, win the Ebor. Uh, my suggested music to walk into would be either Golden Brown by The Stranglers or White Lines by <laughs> Melly Mel. <sighs> That'll be uh, the, the, with the uh, with the obvious connection there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or uh, so uh, those, those would be my suggestions anyhow. But I would like a bit of anarchy at the BHA. I think that would probably upset a few people. Absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was laughing at Gosden's, I think, the other day. I, 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 I don't know if hot they chocolate. picked them or what. Yeah, bit of hot chocolate. Everyone's a winner, bit. I, I thought, yeah, interesting one, that one. John, what would your um, song of choice be? Anything by the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'd choose to be honest. If if you, I mean, I, 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 do we know are these owners allowed to choose? I've got not got a clue. Not found out yet. You can't find anything else. Or trainers allowed to choose because if someone's just on the turntable, there was there was we were there on Wednesday and there was some there was some weird weird uh, choices. <laughs> I, think, I think it was like ABBA uh, for, for 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 one of them. Uh, it wasn't even a, a good ABBA song. Was not it? even not, it takes it all. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't the that. One, wasn't I, it? I forget which one it was, but it was. It was. It was that being like, I don't know. If anyone, if anyone's there Wednesday, you can perhaps uh, mm-hmm. mention what it was. But it was Abba, and it wasn't winner takes it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that a bit odd because me and John kept staring at each other and, <laughs> and doing that. You know, that like we're scrunching lips up, going, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just just a, an interesting thing that York's added in here for this for these uh, horses coming mm. into to, to these songs. But yeah, um, good question, Andrew. Um, 
faster than the light's been on. And he said, uh, how was all your punting week so far at York? Andy, how, how have you done on the whole so far? Is it well, it, got is it? it got better today because I finally sold the York handicap with the uh, previously recalcitrant uh, rifleman who I think has improved probably his nuts chopped off. Um, point. Not still not sure that Ryan Moore would be smiling, but um, he got him home in fine style. Yeah, wasn't a bad afternoon today. Uh, yesterday was a bit sort of hit and miss. I mean, the first day I, I had four horses trade one point two or less and all got beaten. So it's got better, and I'm hoping it will get better tomorrow with the shagging shirt double. Absolutely, yeah. That's to come later in the show yeah. for the for the for the tipping part of the show, yeah. where we've got to contend with all the elements tomorrow and still line your pockets with silver. So yeah, we've all got to get through that. That's later in the show. Um, John, how was your punting week on the whole? I think I, I think you've done quite well. Am I right? It hasn't been that bad. Um, thick beer helped me out enormously yesterday. <laughs> Craig turn and you know I think uh, I, I might send Dave a bath the loan a shirt with a fourteen on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, him up a bit. I mean that that was a tremendous performance both from horse and jockey. Actually, you could have very easily let it come home in its own time after it was headed because there was no way it was battling back past that thing that went past him, and Dave refused to accept that. Maybe because he's thick. But anyway, yeah, great performance. Highly delighted with that. A um, couple of others. I mean, I managed to float your beer in the Voltiger. Um So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, tomorrow's key, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been that sort of week for me. I've obviously done no good on the selections. Um on the bar stewards, um, what dug me out, but I had a terrible first day, real terrible. And uh, what got it all back from the first day was the thick Dave and Cruyff turn. I was astonishing. Uh, didn't really expect it to win. Not not like you know you don't you don't you don't watch a race with a forty to one chance with expectation. But you know I was hopeful of a decent run, and it, I think it was an, an amazing performance because the Sylvester Kirk horse head, headed. Uh, Cruyff turn must have gone three quarters of a length up at the furlong pole, and then Dave, Dave rousted it, got it back up, and then along come Gosden and Dettori on magical morning. You think, well, they're going to mow it down, and uh, no, it found more and more. It was tremendous, and and that was a that was a real good feeling because, you know, when you're not having the best of weeks, it's all very helpful. Uh, today, obviously, my best bet Royal Fleet. When I checked the draw stats. Just, just to confirm what I initially thought, that the wide draws over the mile at York, it's extremely difficult to win Royal Fleet today. So I, I didn't back Royal Fleet um, primarily because of the draw reason. Five from 320, uh, 16 plus at York since the dawn of time, well, 1997. And um, yeah, so that, and, and obviously not, not much has come down the stand side this week, chaps, has it? No, no. No. Anything, anything that's on that flank, anything that sort of peeled off, or, or sort of, I mean, I mean, what, John, what was that? What was that horse yesterday that ran real well in the? Uh, was it the the nurse? Yeah, John Burroughs one that Jim rode. Yeah, because me, me and John were watching watching him this morning, and we said, "Geez, you know, the winner did win Harrow with quite a little bit in hand, 
but Jim's horse on the on the Handham horse. That God, that that did ever so well because it came from from that flank position that no one likes all week. Made lit, really good late ground and did, didn't didn't get beat very far. But I forget the name off the top of my head. It was anyway. You can check that in the, in the results. It was it was third. Well, no, dead eated, dead eated for for yeah. second. Was it the um, it was something like Al Burrow's horse? Yeah, Al, Al, yeah. Owen Burrow's horse. I think Al Fairlatter. Oh, Al Fairlatter's horse. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah the, something. The, uh, the Dark Angel horse. Yeah, it did yeah. run. It did run very well. From yeah, that was out of draw sixteen. If they haven't, I always adjust the draw, but there were sixteen of sixteen there. But uh, yeah, so from that wide draw, it has run pretty well. And considering the bit of track it was on as well, um, and to say nothing really came down that side today. Um, I mean, Berkshire's shadow, that got done by the draw as well, probably. Um, although I'm not sure it's quick enough for that trip. But um, yeah. it does seem to be, if you, look if you look down the track, that that sort of right-hand side does seem to be better at the moment and the strip you want to be on. But um, there are various weather warnings around at the moment. I'm just There is a Met Office weather warning out for tomorrow for thunderstorms. So uh, where they hit could be anybody's um, anybody's luck. So um, yeah, keep an eye on that. Absolutely, and that's that's the quandary. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, sort of me and John touched on this earlier on today, where uh, when when you get a lot of rain at York in a day, and there could be sixteen as much as sixteen mils tomorrow. Not maybe by the end of racing, but there could be around sixteen mils if, if the if all the elements click into place. Um, I, I you know I said to John, I said then john because they've been sort of middle to far and not much has come down the stands rail so they've opened the ground up middle middle to far side so obviously then that's why when they come stand side it's better ground because that ground's not being opened up and it's taking long the moisture's taking longer to yeah. to get in do you do you subscribe to that andy yeah yeah very much so. yeah yeah it's something you just gotta you well if, if you, I mean, I've already, I've already obviously had some bets, so uh, it's sort of you just got to pray a bit and hope that, <laughs> hope that it, hope that it works out. But you do have to react to these situations. And I think after a couple of, even after watching the first two days and then watching today, I mean, I wasn't particularly keen on anything drawn high today and in, in sprints hit there anyhow. But after watching the first couple of races, I was even less keen. Um, and it was quite strange how yeah, the French filly was well backed in the in the Nunthorpe, um, whether she could go yeah. that, you know, whether she could go that pace or not, the pace they went at is another matter. Uh, and I actually think she actually probably is the best horse, works out one of the better horses at the weight, if not the best horse at the weight, considering the way um, she finished off the race. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't write her off for races like the Abbey or something like that uh, later in the year um, with a bit of cut in the ground. Um, I think she actually ran pretty well, but, there's no way she was going at early pace and I do think she was on the worst part of the track but um I think if you you know you need to go back and have a look at the races and I think you probably judge it in context of uh, of how that ground was riding there today and I certainly would be trying to mark up a little bit anything that was raced stand side over anything that raced on the far side but as you say it could all change tomorrow and if if it hasn't and the ground on the far side has obviously been opened up more if it does rain, then I think you probably, I think we'll probably see everyone migrating to the stand side. But the if yes, is, it is it going to rain? 
Absolutely. I mean, I mean, this. Yeah. I mean, it's now saying ninety percent chance from sort of one p.m. on dark skies. Obviously, we're, we're going to get drizzle as well. I think throughout the morning, nothing maybe serious, but you know, little, you know, a little bit of little bit of rain odds on before before racing. But the real the real stuff's supposed to come throughout the card. I think the one um, good thing we have seen this week, at least we've had three days on some good, quick, unwatered ground. Absolutely, and this this brings Ian Davis in, who says um, standard times have been broken three times, and the world hasn't imploded. Have the Northern Monkeys at York races given these soft, literally Southerners? He did he did, he did say expletives, bastards, an an object lesson in how to deliver summer ground, the going of the gods, or have they just got lucky with the weather? What do we think, chaps? It's a boss, probably. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't think William Darby's always been that reluctant to turn the taps on. So, you know, I mean, let's just thank our lucky stars. We've had what we've had, really, you know, because after the season we've had with a lot of these festival meetings where they have watered the hell out of it before it started. Um, you know, I mean, this could have quite easily gone the same way given the weather forecast. I think we probably got lucky with this stick reading. I think, I think the stick readings maybe misled him a bit, and he thought it was a little bit easier than it actually was. Yeah, no bad thing. You it know? fooled me. It did. It fooled me. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I didn't expect it to read as quick as it did the first day, so it probably put him away a bit. Good. You know, <laughs> I mean, Andy, do, do we think do we think that Clark's now? It's weird because we're not used to seeing racehorses at festival meetings, especially in modern times, really run really fast times anymore. It it seems as if we water for two seconds slow or or two and a half seconds slower than standard, and and it, it's just nice sometimes to see all all standards being broke now and again. It, it was, wasn't it? I mean, it was even. Yeah even some discussion and I don't think it was going to be happen, happening at all that the track record might go in an unthought today and I don't think that was going to particularly happen that was probably a, a function of type of some of the horses who were in that particular race but um, and it didn't happen but it was nice to see a good quick time run there it is nice to see a festival on you know good or any meeting on good quick ground without being tampered um, yeah. the, only, the only rain I would put on is I accept that sometimes you probably need to do a little bit over the jumps, certainly in the summer if we're going to if we're going to go down that road. But um, I'll just, you know, to us all intents and purposes, can we leave it to the good Lord uh, in future to uh, water courses? Um, that would be the that would be the best way and just um, and just get on with it, because although my one thought is that we've probably now gone so far down the road of ruining water tables and making them so, uh, so artificially high that you'd probably need to leave the taps off for about two or three years to get it back to the levels we were. Yeah, amen to that. Um, just one more thing before we go on to the tipping. Um, I was very surprised to see Batash paraded in front of the stands. A couple of reasons, really. Um, the horse has always been a complete nutcase for many, many a year. 
and I just didn't see the upside in 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 take it. I mean, it's at the races. The horse might be, but I presume he's probably been put on some lower grade feed by now. Obviously, he's not in training, but nevertheless, I didn't see. I didn't really see the point of it. I don't. I don't think he's like a a people's horse, if you like. I I, I, I don't think, even though he's been a very very good horse horse over time, I didn't really see the the point of that personally. Um, I mean. All I can remember Batash for is letting me down for plenty in yes. one of the Nunthorps. <laughs> I don't know what you guys think on that, but I thought it was pretty pointless, John. He's not a superstar sprinter, is he? By any no. No. Oasis, Dream, Deja, any of them, you know, Stravinsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Batash, for Christ's sake. Mm. Mm. Just to, to me about that, it, it wasn't like it was a standing dish at York, where it, you know it was. It, it, that that that's my point. It, it was quite quite. I mean, if if it was going to be anywhere a standing dish, it'd be Goodwood. Well, um, Seattle win three of these. Not sure. Your memory's better than me on this, but yeah, mm. I see. I see where you're coming from. To, I mean, to, be, to be fair to York, though, they do, they do get an awful lot right as well, uh, and that might not have been yeah. down to them. I mean, for instance, tomorrow. I've, I've, courtesy of I think uh, Nick Lack mentioned this on television that uh, or it might have been it might have actually been Michael Shinners from Skybet that, that, that you know that all the uh, connections or all the families of all the jockeys riding the e-board tomorrow have all got a box there um, which is you know excellent sort of PR I know they're doing a thing around the I think they had a vote for 80 was it Yorkshire sort of heroes from the throughout the pandemic they picked 22 each of them's drawn a uh, drawn a runner. Um, if it wins, you know, if they've got like a sweepstake, if they if there's wins, they get five thousand quid and fifteen grand for the charity. So they do an they do do an awful lot. I don't think they do an awful lot wrong, York, do they? Um, no. Attention to detail, bits and pieces like that. I mean, it is you know a good class race course. I mean, I've really enjoyed the day there yesterday, and I think it's a pretty well run uh, operation. Um, you know, was that down to them yesterday inviting Batash there? Could have been a BHA thing for we know. Could have been. Could have. Yeah. Could have. Been. I mean, if I just if the, Jeff Boycott didn't get nominated as one of the Yorkshire heroes, he'd have run. He'd have run someone out probably. I think sitting where we were sat on that terrace by, if they just chopped that tree down near near where the way yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that would have that would have been lovely. But uh, yeah. the, the, they put a big TV up and the big big tree in there for some reason. Anyway, there we go. Could have done with bike up where we were sat anyway. They're probably not wishing down the last one. Could do with him now in the current test team. He couldn't do a lot of worse. Uh, John, I think I'll tell you what was required yesterday afternoon. Our friend Big Gaz with his with his chainsaw to come and take yeah. that tree out halfway through the day, you know, just so we can watch watch Thick Dave on Crave turn, you know. I, yeah. I, I didn't remember much of that live, but anyway, there we go. Right on to uh, the tipping part of the show, where we will certainly uh, do our best um, to. Uh, make you some money on, on Saturday's fair, the TV races. I think it's a disgrace that we're going to Sandown for TV races. It should be all about York tomorrow. It's a festival. Forget Sandown. Waste of time. But anyway, we'll cover it. 205 Sandown. It's the Betway Solario Stakes, a Group 3 affair where Reach for the Moon uh, for John and Slim is uh, the uh, it's a half arm on chance. Uh, very, very short there. Uh, John, any view on the Solario? I'm not playing against that thing. You like it, don't you? 
Yeah, I think some nice house. I think Lady Betty's probably got a derby house there, so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just going to watch in anticipation of a nice performance. Okay, okay. John, I mean, and uh, John, John doesn't like the choke too often. If John can take on the choke, he usually takes it on. So, with John saying he likes the choke, there, he's watching though. It's a paint race. Mm. Or did you buy some of that herring, herring stuff today? I, I did. I got, I got, I got the mushed up herring and the roll mops. <laughs> oh God! That's, the producer of this show actually, you know, would be uh, in her element with that, I think. But yeah, so uh, very good. Yeah, she enjoys a bit of that. Bit of airing. Uh, Andy, your view on the Solaria? I'm probably rowing with Johnny, wouldn't we? Going all blogger, aren't we? Um, well, but, he, he, some, we need to from time to time. It, it, would, it would be a race that would be interesting. I am, there's one other horse in the race I'm actually interested in, Cresta, uh, who I think yeah. is a nice horse very it was a nice debut slow away got a bump leaving the stalls i thought he actually did pretty well to pass an odds on favorite um who was more experienced him in modern games it should be a cliche time a bit more to come from him i thought in the context of if you're looking for something for a forecast or maybe in the sort of place markets without favorite markets i thought cresta was a little bit overpriced but it wouldn't be a, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. It's for want of um, filling uh, filling some air there. Whatever happens. So, yeah. You used to be able to get crest. Yeah, crest of air. I think there's probably a bit too much sugar content in it, John, these days. It's frothy, man. That was That's the, the one. Yeah, I miss Cresta. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Cresta. Uh, as a, just a mention for Andy, uh, by New Bay, who's, who's, who's certainly um, a new freshman sire that certainly, um, you know, currently current stud fee around 20,000 euros. I can see that going up for New Bay in the future. He's, he's certainly doing the biz at the moment. Uh, an interesting runner for Martin Mead and Richard Kingscourt there, just for anyone searching if you look out. At, um, if you look at New Bay's record with his second time out runners, it actually does very, very well. Um, just one of those, maybe a statistical glitch, but um, they do pretty well. But I'd be interested to see him run again. I thought it was, uh, yeah. was a nice performance. Whether he's good enough to beat the favourite or not is another matter. Check out those place-only markets and forecasts, because we do all three of us like the favourite, but obviously priced uh, accordingly. On to the second-rate TV race at Sandown. It's the uh, Mile Betway Atalanta Stakes, a Group 3 affair. Uh, not bad prize money for this, to be fair. 80,000 guaranteed. You know, we're, we're, very, we're very critical of the prize money this year, but, you know, 45,000 purse to the winner is certainly uh, worth winning. Indigo Girl heads the market at 100 to 38 for, again, John and Slim. Could be a John and Slim double. Andy, thoughts on this? I thought there were a few that were overpriced in this. I, I almost want to take on John and Slim here. Um, yeah. It's probably a little bit too big to to take on at sort of around 7 to 2, but you could back two or three. You know, there's two or three against it here that you could give a pretty decent chance to. Aurea certainly takes the eye for the, uh, for the balding man who's having a very, very good season. Um, she won that, that Coral Distaff last month um, and she's trying to emulate Strawberry, Dacry and Integral who dead heated when completing that course and distance double. I thought she looked pretty progressive last time. She's actually been given a group one entry since then, which could be indicative of better to come. So I certainly thought she was a little bit overpriced. 
And I certainly thought that uh, Waliak was another one who was a little bit bigger than she ought to be, along with Saffron Beach. She was only, what, a length behind Mother Earth in the Thousand Guineas, a length in front of Alcohol Free. OK, she failed to match that form in the Falmouth, um, but a spring form was sacred. That got a boost in the Hungerford Stakes. Stables in pretty good nick. Thought she was a little bit overpriced as well. Sort of race, if you if you wanted to take on Indigo Girl rather than Lena, you might just want to try and duck a couple against her and play it that way. And the sort of the couple I'd sort of stick in would be Aurea and probably Saffron Beach. And if you wanted to stick in a third, it'd be Waliax. Not my sort of race, really, but that's just sort of a, an idea of how to play it. I thought the fade was a little bit short, to be honest with you. Um, didn't doesn't the form doesn't look rock solid. Uh, taking on the uh, slim, uh, slim, and uh, slim senior. Good stuff, Andy. Uh, good analysis. Aurea with the Group One Sun Chariot entry for the informed balding and uh, the probably champ elect again, Urshi Murphy. It's around the eleven to two mark. John, your thoughts on this? I don't think it's a great race to be honest. I'm betting to be honest. Um, I think Waliak could run a nice race, as could the uh, the Oshin machine. Um, I was a bit surprised Kingscott hasn't picked Potapova out of the two stout horses. I thought she might redeem herself after the uh, the run on rotten ground in the Coronation Stakes. I thought that was a big ask after she'd only run on top of the ground and all weather prior to that. I mean, she she hosed up on Redka quick, which you know makes what we've had at York this week look like a swamp. So she could be a lot better back on faster ground, but the market hasn't. Mister Pat Dobbs is pretty nigh on useless. I don't particularly want to back him on anything. Um, yeah. So I I think it's a no bet no bet race for me unless I. Maybe did a little tiny bit each way on Zarians, but I, I can't see me having a bet really. Okay, okay. So, Jin Pate, um, heading roll mops for John on this one, but he makes a very good point. Potter Perver by Invincible Spirit probably wouldn't have acted on the ground. The mother Safina's uh, limited career, but but she, she, I don't think, look, remembering her, I don't think she'd have gone heavy. Yeah, um, she was a man, you know, you know, um, and. So Potter Perv is interesting, but me and John are both confused by Kingscourt taking the ride on Vilda Grace, who remember was was fifth in a Fred Darling, wasn't you know two and a half lengths behind Alcohol Free Statement Vadrim Prima Baccia. That's like good form. It's fair in Philly's terms. That's that's pretty pretty decent on what's on offer. But it's uh, me and John are a little bit confused because we thought Kingscourt who rode Potter Perv last time. Would have been on Potter Perver. Really Grace has added nothing, though, is there? I mean, in in real terms, I mean, she had a tips out for everybody to have a look at back in the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's nothing new to say, really, so you, no. you, you couldn't be thinking about uh, this. No, Vilda Grace has had her double Ds out already, according to John, sir. It's a, it's a shame, but he, he did like Potter Perver, but he doesn't like the jockey. And I agree, Pat Dobbs, I think. It's bloody awful. Um, but there we go. Sorry we can't do any better on, on Sandown. Can we do better um, on the York card tomorrow? Obviously, we know the, 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 
the problems of the weather. But we kick off with the, the 150 race. It's the uh, at, at Strensel Stakes, a Group 3 event, very valuable affair. One of, one of my favourite horses at the moment, Real World, is a blogger, blogger zone <laughs> at 5-4 to four with him and the stallion. Actually flexing the muscles now, thinking, is this the one? Is this the lift it? With Marco Gianni in the saddle. John, I'll come to you first on this. Well, the thing is, I mean, I'm worried which muscle the stallion might be flexing. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we've been hearing else this week. None of it good. Um, mm. I, I, I couldn't really put anything up to bait this on the prevailing ground. However, if we did get a bit of rain, I think things could change quite dramatically because they've already taken this out once on account of ground. Rightly so, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So the best thing I can advise on this race is a weather watch, to be honest. I think if the ground is as described, I suppose five to four wouldn't be too bad. I, I couldn't say my technique, to be honest, but you know, if anybody was wanting to bet it at five to four, as long as the ground right, I couldn't really put you off. Um, but if the ground went, I think that might be a different story. Totally concur with that. That'd be my angle as well, John. I'll be, I'll be waiting. I mean, obviously, being in York's an advantage. So I'll be literally like watching, leaving it as late as we possibly can. If that ground is going to be still on top by we get to post time or or or, or at least good or better, then um, real world would be a, a serious bet for me at five to four. I think I think I think he, he's absolutely different class. Andy, thoughts here? Much the same as you two, really. Um, yeah. I mean, they had the choice of real world and Bedouin story, Godolphin. Um, they've actually made a bit of a habit of winning this race, haven't they? Uh, they've won it seven of seven of the last seventeen runnings um, since it got the since it got a, an upgrade. Um, they haven't had any representation in any of the last three runnings. Um, and they also won it back in nineteen ninety five. Would you believe? I mean, on official figures, the Hunt Cup winner is, you know, I wouldn't say he's chucked him, but he's got a big advantage here over. Lord Glitters and my Oberon just I mean he's a pound better than on official ratings and Lord Glitters two pound better than my my Oberon and he gets seven pound and three pound for them respectively um I suppose you have to respect Lord Glitters uh Omara's got a good record in this um and the the horse did win it three years ago but if it stayed on top I'd be a little bit worried about him coming from off the pace again um and he's not getting any younger is he really i mean the real danger is a you know it's a bit obvious this but my oberon isn't he he's a course winner um he's been operating at group one level but he is dropping in class um i just have to watch the ground here wouldn't you uh i think if it went a bit softer my oberon would be fine it's not a race i'd want to I, I personally even if it stayed on top I'm, I'm not a i'm not a punder at five to four uh, and I'm not a layer either. It'd be a race I'd probably want to just stay out of, to be honest with you. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting anyone off real world if the ground does stay as it is at the moment. Um, you are on weather watch for this, but um, I think um, I'll take my poison later on in the uh, in the card uh, in the shape of some very tricky handicaps. But um, this might be a bit easier, but um, I'll I'll leave the five to four to uh, to everyone else. 
Good stuff. You'll leave it to me because I'll be I'll be busting my way through that queue. I'll be knocking Blogger and Stalin out of the way for the five to four, and they can have the evens when it's gone evens when, when we're staying on the top of the ground side for real world. I think this is a very very good animal. Really, is the way this this absolutely pinched Derab off. Um, at Newbury, Derab had got the race in the bag, but he didn't just beat Derab, he pulled a length and a quarter clear. Um, it, it really is a good horse, it's, it's just it's improved, so yeah, very keen on it. So we move on to the 225. It is the one, well, one of my favorite races of the year. There's a lot of people that like this race, the, the Melrose, a handicap for three year olds, basically the, the Ebob for three year olds. And, um, I mean, I, just before we come on to this, chaps, I mean, this is where, for the Ebor itself, I mentioned this to John a bit back, Andy, I, I, I was in favour of uh, maybe for the Ebor having the top, the maybe the two or three top three, top rated three-year-olds allowed to race in the Ebor, just mm-hmm. to add the spice to the Ebor, yeah. if you like. Yeah, I'd be with that. I think it's a great shame that you haven't got three-year-olds in the in the Ebor. Mm. That adds a little bit more. It almost becomes if you look at if you and we'll come on to this later. If you look at the weights now for the Ebor, it's very it's a very compressed handicap, isn't it? And the, mm. it'd be hard to say that there's much that is ahead of the handicapper there. There might be a few that are slightly well in, but you wouldn't say they're miles ahead. And there might there are a few plots and you know gambles in there potentially, but it does lack a little bit of yeah, especially at this time of the year with the argument, if you want to use that word, about wait for age, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do three-year-olds get too much? Um, you know, have they experience? You know, have they got the experience for a big field like this? So it would add a little bit more spice to it. I think it does take it away, but in the end, but by the same token, you end up with a very, very. I mean, you could argue that this is actually more competitive than the Ebor. Yeah, this is a no, this is a real, this is a real puzzle. Yeah, these, these are the few these are the future. Well, Ebor strokes strokes staying handicappers. Uh, the future and, and and the Melrose is getting better and better as well, John. John, John, what would you what would what is your uh, choice for the Melrose? What have you are, you are you keen on anything or strong on anything in this? Well, one of my strongest bits of the week, if you cast your man back, was um, Surrey Gold of Hueys. That's right. It's in your selections, yeah. And I, I have been a little bit concerned that the ground might have quickened up a bit too much for it, but. Given the weather forecast, I'm uh, I'm not really inclined to, to jump ship too much. Um, that said, I am very conscious of the fact that the shagging shirt's running a nice house in this, and uh, I'm probably going to cover both bases. I would think. Yeah. So so Surrey Gold and Dushan. As your as, as your cover. I mean, don't you think though? Would it be a negative soft ground for Dushan, John? Not. not. I, I can't see it getting soft enough to impede the horse back post. Um, I'm, you know, I mean, we're always in the dark a little bit, but I think as long as it's maybe just the slower side of good bad, then I don't think that'll be an issue, especially because we'll come stand side and. They'll use fresh ground, you know, because um, it won't take much to make the jockeys come across. I don't think. I, I, I don't think they'll wait until it's bottomless. If you know what I mean. I think uh, 
once once they start thinking it, it's getting wet, I think they'll st- I'll start fishing around a bit. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm in agreement with you that, that uh, and you know, do Dusham is the right one for me. Um, it's priced accordingly, and I, I will be having a little bit on Dusham. Uh, one one I'm with I'm looking at for the ground um, is Tashcam. Uh, for, for the simple reason that the, the placing by Brian last time was absolutely stupid. I had absolutely no idea why they went for that small field Pontefract two-mile race. I, You know, where they, they, they just went an absolute crawl. I mean, what you've just won big field handicaps. And, you know, what is the point? You know, you may as well not have ran there and come straight to the Melrose. I mean, yeah. but... You know, I don't think the good thing is I don't think he had an hard race or anything. It was just literally a sprint for three furlongs. It was like a race course gallop. Um, and Harry Russell takes the three off. And I think Brian, this one is capable of landing a big race for Brian. Uh, Sixteen to one, I thought was interesting. Um, so Tashcan, I'll, if the if the get if if the ground if the rain gets in, Tashcan, I'll, I shall be uh, it'll be beyond my menu as well as Dushan uh, for the shagging shirt, Andy. Well, you know where I'm going. So. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. Yes, yeah. For 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 a fair old while. I mean, yes. And he's been. I mean, you know, Haggis has won this race in what twice in the last nine years. Um, in fact, Dushan's been sent off favour in all his five starts. Um, I'm, I I sort of can share the concerns about the ground, but it, I don't think unless we have an absolute deluge. And that's going to, you know, we really we are going to be in sort of la la land with a lot of them then because they've drained a lot of soft ground form around. My one concern is that he'll need to settle a little bit better over this longer trip. He can be a little bit keen, um, but he was staying on very well last time out. Um, again, the slight concern is, you know, haven't been that many have come from miles off the pace this week and if they get rolling in front of York they can sometimes get away from you but I think there's I think, plenty of pace on Andy yeah, I, I, think, I think we're alright yeah I, I think I'm, I'm okay um, um, and you know I, I just think you probably you know 7 to 1 we sort of around 7 to 1 on Betfair Tashcan is another one I've certainly got on my list I've, I've liked this horse all year um, I write a column elsewhere and pick this one out ages ago when he'd won a you know and he's when he won handicaps and like you guys i mean i i couldn't understand why he ran why he was running in a forerunner race you know and a very tactical forerunner race around pontefract last time out especially when you know he, he wasn't even ridden you know if you'd have ridden him from the front which probably wouldn't have been ideal he might have had half a chance in that because it's been a front runner's paradise around Pontefract this year. He's actually a well better off at the weights with Summer Knight, um, who's actually won twice since uh, for beating him at Haydock. Um, so if you like that one, you're going to have to like um, Tashcan as well. There's a few other sort of lurkers in there. I mean, horses like King of the Castle is obviously interesting for uh, for uh, for Aiden and the lads. Um, there's a bit of money around for him. Uh, and the other one I quite like is for the Balding Yard, Valley Forge. Um, they won it last year with Coltrane. It was a pretty weak maidenly one last time out, but he's up in trip for his handicap debut. I think there's a fair bit of improvement to come. He actually only made his race course debut back in May. Um, and Coltrane, who won this last year for the Balding Yard, he made a late start to his career as well. So they know what they're doing with this type. 
and there's a bit of money around for him. So Dushan very much would be my number one, but um, I should certainly be, especially if there's a bit of uh, a bit of precipitation around, uh, then be it back in Tashkan and Valley Forge as well. Good stuff, Andy. Uh, so very interesting, Melrose. Good luck with your bets in that. Very competitive. Mm-hmm. And uh, as always, keep your eye on that rainfall early tomorrow. We go to the three o'clock at York. It's the City of York Stakes. Uh, uh, again, uh, hats off here. Tremendous prize money. £200,000 added for the Group 2 affair. 120000 for the winner. Um, and Space Blues heads the market at um, 11 08 uh, for Will Buick and Charlie Appleby. John? I can't really offer anything other than I think Space Blues will win if the ground stays as it is. Yeah. So what, 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 I mean, if, if I mean, I mean, is he, is he, is he fine on, on soft ground in your opinion? Could he handle like really soft ground? I, I wouldn't want to back him on soft ground. No. I mean, he's handled, yeah. he's handled a little, little bit of cut before. I can remember when he beat, um, Safe Voyager, Adoc. I mean, there, there wasn't, it wasn't like soft, soft or anything, but no, there was, there York was, and you want everything right, I think, if you're at York and, if everything's not right, I certainly wouldn't want to be taking eleven away. Yeah. Again, again, provisios. I mean, this is it. Space Blues, obviously best horse. Doesn't stall one put you off, John? Nah, nah, because he, he can travel. He, he, he's fine from there. And Bjork can do what he wants there. Uh, yeah. but, it, but, but again, again, it could if. If they come in stands rail by then, which is a lot If it's wet enough from the come stands there, I'm not involved anywhere. Yeah, it's, yeah, it becomes a lay, I think, then. Because still one, if, if it stands rail, you, he's got to use some petrol up or he's got to, he's got to drop in and switch. And I think then that's where you'll probably see a big drift if if it is a deluge and, and it is soft, this is where we're going to have to work it out. So we're trying to put punters onto a onto an angle. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be laying space blues on soft or, or it's, it's really getting in, you know, from stall one because they're definitely going to come stand side, I would think. Uh, Andy, thoughts? Having games, sorry, it's sort of boring, but it's sort of the same thing and it really want to sort of keep your power. I mean, the, the one thing I would say to add to the comments of space blue, I think he probably is just, was or is just about the best seven furlongs in, in Europe, or in Europe last season. But injury that ruled him out of the foray last year, didn't it? Um, I did think last time out that his usual bursts of speed in the Lennox stakes, the, the soft ground just sort of blunted his speed a bit. And that's where you're going with your arguments for tomorrow. Um, I, I mean, he's a Group 1 winner over a slightly shorter distance. The problem you've got is, I suppose, the main rival is Primo Basio. Um, and she's actually been supplemented into this, into this Group 2. Um, now she ran on soft ground at Deauville and that was against her as well um, so you, you've, just, you've got the front two in the market who would have a bit of a question mark if it did turn out to be you know, really soft as well she's got some decent form but again the soft ground I mean I think if it, if it really did pour down you'd probably, you'd probably have a punt on safe voyage wouldn't you um, I, I mean if you watch the race at, at Goodwood, he actually uh, um, anticipated the start. He headbutted the stalls in that. 
and that probably explains the poor run there. I mean, he won this last year. He, he can still win on good ground, but I don't think he can beat these on good ground. But if it did go really soft, I could see there at least there being a market move for him. And that might be that might be a way of playing it. Most of the others, you're sort of a bit on a wing and a prayer. Highfield Princess would go on the ground. Sebuska, I mean, he's much better at he's much better at Ascot, isn't he? And he's not found that he's run some good races, but they're almost races which I think he sort of picked up the pieces in. Um, if you look at his since he's running stakes races, I mean, he's got a lot of placings. You know, second, fourth, third, fourth, third, seventh, seconds. He's not actually run over seven furlongs since um, he ran in the Bunbury Cup last year uh, when he probably threw that race away against Muta Kael by by hanging um, and he was also just held in the Clipper Logistics last year on good going so if it stays on if it stays good um, then I would be with Space Blues over Premier Basio if there is appreciable rain and it would need to be appreciable rain I might try a small trade on Save Voyage and I would think that you would just for because he's a well-known soft ground horse or a horse with a predilection for soft ground that there would be a move in the market for safe voyage obviously if space views blues and prima basio are, move, are moving out uh, in an outward direction so it's a sort of a bit of a wait and see but again it's probably a bit like john it's not a race i you know i want to get too involved with Indeed. Um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, like you say, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Keep your eyes on 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 the on the weather, and like you say, for you just drifted at the moment because obviously they're anticipating fast ground, or, or that's that that that's the, how the market speaks at the moment. It's drifted out to fourteen to one. It won't be fourteen to one if the heavens open. So th- these are the little angles, the punter that you you can sort of keep keep your eyes and, and ears peeled in the morning. And uh, obviously, try and read the value uh, as as the uh, as the events happen. Right, we move on to um, our final race uh, of this preview, and it is the big one. It's the Sky Bet Ebor, um, and your horse Andy, um, mm-hmm. which yeah, you know we, we chatted about this yesterday. Um, Hamish um, for the Shagging Shirt and Tom Marquand is now a clear thirteen to two favourite. Mm. And also the other one you mentioned which, yesterday, which was Mount Leinster, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of you know that's now twenties into eight to one, a big gamble with this potential rain forecast. Do you want to start us off with this, Andy? What do you think now? <laughs> well, I've got a lot, got lots of thoughts. Well, I'm already on Hamish at bigger prices, so that's um, I think that's sort of fair enough and. Uh, and we did sort of say that on on Tuesday. Um, I think the first thing you want to sort of have a look at is um, I'm sure there'll be lots of talk about the draw. Now, 12 of the last 14 winners were from double figure stalls. Um, in fact, 14 to 22 fared particularly well. So I'm sure there'll be some chat about that tomorrow, and someone will be trying to tell us that it's not true. But that's where that's where we come from. There, I, I think that you, you've got to look at that. I mean, Haggis has got four in here. But Hamish is what he's two from two here. Um, he was a actually a leading fancy for this last year as a four-year-old, and then injury ruled him out. He's won the Melrose here. Um, uh, he also won another handicap here straight after that, and then ended that 2019 season. He was only beaten a neck by what Trushan, um, when he was odds-on to beat Trushan actually. 
Um, and since then, we've seen him once when he was fourth in last season's Hardwick. Um, it would be some training performance to pull this off, but you've got to remember that um, Mr Haggis also won a derby once with a seasonal debutant as well. Um, as we discussed, at, I think at fair length yesterday, we would put him right at the top of the training tree. Um, yeah. I certainly would. Um, think he's a superb trainer. Whether you can argue now, whether sort of seven to one, I'm sort of looking at 8.4, 8.6 on Betfair at the moment, whether that is any value, you can argue your way around that one. But um, I think he's got a, a decent chance. The Irish challenge, I would take seriously. Um, I think you have to take them seriously. There are four Irish runners. Interesting that Mullins has he had eight entered in this. Um, yeah. He has actually uh, he's actually done over the uh, the Saldier anti post punters by withdrawing the horse rather than leaving it in to be balloted out. <laughs> he's done them over. He's done he's done them he's done them over there. Um, but I think you've got to look at this. I mean, they've certainly they've done well in this. The Irish they've had four winners, including a one-two in. 2009 they haven't had that many runners in it all their winners have come at double figure odds so don't be frightened of the, the bigger price ones although people seem to be latching onto them um they've supplied second uh, a second and two thirds in the last six years um and mount leinster is actually the only one of the of the mullins octet that he had entered uh, left now so take of that he hasn't run since he won back-to-back conditions races on soft ground what was it last autumn so if the ground does go soft, there's a, a pointer to him. Uh, I'm not sure the absence of a is going to be a problem. I I think you've got to pay respect to the, the Johnny Murta duo as well. Miran and Sonny Boy Liston. I think the, the ride Miran got at Royal Ascot was um, horrible, to be quite honest with you. Um, and Sonny Boy Liston uh, has actually had a little bit of a recce over here. He was sixth in that um, silver cup behind Hookham over course and distance last month. Um, so they, they sort of, I wonder whether that was a little bit of a, a reconnoiter as well. So, uh, and I wouldn't write off Shanro either for the Carl Thornton yard. Um, he won the Curra sort of Irish trial for this. He's drifted to a big price that I wouldn't, you know, rule him out. So I think you've got to respect the Irish tomorrow of, of the, of the Irish. I think I'd probably now at the prices keep one of the the Murta duo on side, and that's probably Sonny Boy Liston, ridden by the lad who gave Moran not a great ride at Royal Ascot, but um, I'll forgive him that because he's run pretty well since and he's drawn in stall 14. Um, of the, the British runners, um, or the GB runners, apart from Hamish, you've got to have a look at the, I suppose you might need to have a look at the other Haggis runners in here. He's got the, the Escobar duo, uh, and Illarab, I think Illarab's probably got a little bit too much weight. Uh, and one, because um, we do like a stat, um, Mr. Uh, the, the Slim 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 Shady and uh, and Senior Slim Shady are running uh, humanitarian in this. Um, of course, he was seventh in the Derby last year. Um, he won a handicap, ended up winning a handicap for them at the end. Gosden's won this before in 2018. If you look at, and he wears a first-time hood. Now, Gosden... 2014 um, in first time hooded runners in handicaps since 2014 I should say 17 from 49 um, if you look at this if you look at the stats behind that if you if I can drift into some stats for a minute it's uh, if you look at that if his winners above expected price 
he's a, a positive figure of 8.84, so he's exceeding, you know, he's outperforming the market. And if you'd have backed them all, you'd be 89 points up. So it wouldn't surprise me to see humanitarian uh, run a good race tomorrow for that. But it is a, I'd probably try and avoid the really top weights in this. So my, to sum it all up, my main choice is obviously Hamish, uh, but I'll certainly be taking a look at uh, Sunny Boy Liston and um, and probably Humanitarian as well. And I might just slip a couple of quid on that Shanro. That looks uh, like the forgotten Irishman. And we know not to forget big price Irish runners in handicaps this side of the water. Great analysis. And like some cracking stuff for you there. If you, you know, if you fancy sort of any of those horses mentioned by Andy in this with the, with, with good stats uh, to back it up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Hamish fan. Um, obviously the, the, the price isn't, isn't the best. Um, I do, I, I think, I think Haggis is, he's so shrewd. He could have had a prep for this. He could have turned up saying the Jeffrey fear or somewhere just to give it a prep. But I think this is, I think this will be primed. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Hamish fan. The price can hold a bit, maybe, you know, we'll see what it's like on the, on the exchanges, uh, tomorrow. Um, and you know, I will, I'll be looking to back Hamish if possible, John. I know you've got something really interesting at a price for this race. Well, it, it depends on what your class is really interesting. Um, yeah, um, I've been banging on about this horse intermittently to yourself for about six weeks, something like that. Um, yeah. So as, as with any good story, it probably pays to start at the beginning. Uh, back when this was a two-year-old, um, he finished his season off in the Zetland Stakes at Newmarket, where he beat a horse of Gosden's called Miss Yoga. Um, I had him running to 111 that day, um, and that was slightly against what the BHA thought. They gave him 110. The horse in question is Max Vega, trained by Rafe and Ralph. Those horses are fantastic Mick, at the moment. Everything yeah. they run looks in glorious order. Uh, really have got their horses well at the minute. He started his three-year-old season in uh, what, what's probably a loosely termed derby trial at Kempton. Wasn't run the so he started off out the back. It was a complete write-off. Then if you want complete write-offs, go to Epsom for certain times Derby, where again he sat at the back. You'd have thought he'd been sold out to Dave Simcock, really. <laughs> <laughs> then he ran in the Geoffrey Freer, believe it or not. Yeah. And he was two and a half lengths behind Hookham. And Hookham wasn't at the stage where it's Hookham, let's back Hookham. He wasn't regarded as the horse he is now, but we were two and a half lengths behind him. An excellent run, I thought, and the BHA thought the same. They put him up to 109. He ran over one mile seven on heavy at Longchamp. The race, again, wasn't run to suit. It was a crawl. He then ran over two miles on what was described as soft. It was probably barely raceable at Ascot at the back end. He looked terrible before the race. He clearly trained off. Um, and he ran like a horse that had trained off. He was 50 to 1 anyway. But the thing that really caught my eye was the run back this July. Six and a half lengths behind Ockham. It was a complete float up at this place. 
yeah. nothing but. Um, this horse is open to improvement on that form. He was rated 109 that day. He runs off 106 here. It can piss down from now till kingdom come for all I care. If this horse gets some rain, he's bang there because he'll get the ride that's required and he'll act on the track and the ground. Lovely job, Lee. 33 to 1 available for Max Vega. Keep your eye on the weather because I know John will be. Um, and as long as he gets a little bit. And yeah, I think like John, you'd, you'd be happy with Max Vega on good to soft, wouldn't you? Slow side of good, it'd be fine. Yeah, no. be fine. Yeah. So, so, so there you, there you go, folks. John kept his eye on this for a while. Thirty-three to one, Max Vega. Um, just before we finish the show, I'd just like to mention uh, Nick Davis has been on, and Nick's a very good judge. I've mentioned this before. He, he, he's been a guest once before. Um, he's had a busy week, so he's been unable to to come on in any capacity. Um, but he's mentioned two for tomorrow. And I reckon, I reckon here, John, that Nick's been doing the shops because Mount Leinster, uh, as mm. long as the ground was softer than good, uh, Nick Davis, this was a nap, and it's twenties into eights. I reckon Nick's been, Nick's been, uh, been, been round. It's all over, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is Davis style, the London betting shops. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty pound, twenty pound a shop. You know, he's probably got himself a monkey each way on by now, isn't Nick? And he's uh, smashed the prices in. But Mount Leinster was his Ebor choice. And also, he was very keen tomorrow. Um, as long as the ground was on the easy side again, he says, for Quada that was that relished the step up to trip over 10 furlongs at Goodwood last time. Uh, he said three, one, th- three-year-olds have won the last two runnings of this. Um, he, he said... He basically likes this horse from a progression point of view, and I do as well because it was very impressive over the ten at Goodwood. Uh, so Quada and uh, Mount Leinster and Nick's naps for tomorrow, and he's probably weirded in already on Mount Leinster. He's greedy like that, isn't he? Um, so thanks for that, Nick Davis, for for checking in there. Right, I think that's all from us, gents. Just, um, before we finish, Lee, can we? Sure, go, yeah. For a little bit of a shout out to one of the good guys in the media, Tony Calvin, who uh, mm. he, he's not too well at the moment, and uh, I, th- I think we all all want to wish Tony a very very speedy recovery. There's uh, not enough people of his ilk in the racing media, and uh, we certainly can't spare the likes of him. Excellent, excellent shout, John, that is. I, I was lucky enough to work with Tony for several years at um, at Betfair. Um, always very helpful. Um, and I agree, you know, um, a man who backs his opinions, sometimes strong, and you don't always agree with, um, but he does back them up. And I know Tony is not too well at the moment. Um, and I can, you know, personally and from you know, through other people as well, and I can only wish him the best. I did send him a personal message this week. Um, and I just hope he, you know, I hope he gets better because as you say, John, he is certainly one of the one of the good guys of the racing media, and we could do with more like him. Definitely. Absolutely. Really fitting words there, guys. And and yeah, really, really, really well said. Uh, so yeah, get well, get well, Tony. It's, it's a really, really uh, testing time for Tony and his family. I bet at the moment, and, and you know, it's, it's very sad when uh, things like this happen. Um, so, 
we're back on Sunday um, for a Sunday sermon. I think it's just me and John this Sunday, though we may be able to wangle somebody else in um, <laughs> before then. Um, but yeah, anyway, who's, who's willing to do it? Um, but we hope you enjoy the show today. Uh, myself, John, and Andy's had a great week. Uh, you know, we've enjoyed our comp- each other's company, and we hope you enjoy this. Enjoyed this show tonight. So that's all from the three of us. Bye for now.